You're listening to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show, your daily podcast on the National Football League, powered by the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show. We're inside of a week of the NFL Draft, and we're finishing up our NFL Draft prospect position analysis here, looking at defensive backs today. We'll look at corners. We'll look at safeties for the 2021 NFL Draft. At BD Peacock on Twitter is where you can find me. At Williamson NFL is where you can find my esteemed co-host. And don't forget to check out the Ultimate Mock Draft that we also hosted and we're putting the finishing touches on for Monday's episode. It's going to be the last one. Six episodes every day this week. Go back and listen to the whole thing. It was super fun and I uh, can't wait for everybody to hear the entire thing. And uh, just one more shout out to everybody on the network and the Odyssey folks, the experts that we had involved with the Mock Draft. It was super fun, Matt. Oh, it really was. I mean, it was quite the production. Kudos to all you guys that did the stuff behind it. The scenes patching it all together and editing and i'm so glad i didn't have to get involved in that i just talk about football but man i was super impressed by the entire locked on network i mean not only the dedication to the project but just how smart some most of these guys are you know i mean yeah. these hosts they really know their teams i love it yeah i love hearing our hosts back to back with mike lervin and ross tucker right and mm-hmm. also sounding like they belong there too like that's that was yeah. super fun to, to see yeah and Hey, Michael Irvin and my man Ross sounded like they belonged with us. That, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> well, hold on. Can we go back to the locked on host? Like, enough, Mike. Like, let's let's hear from uh, the guys right. that really know the Pretty team. Big right? dogs. No, <laughs> no, no it's fun. Stuff. Super fun. Okay, let's talk cornerbacks. Let's get into this because we want to okay. cover all this today with the defensive backs. And I think the question at the top used to be: Is it Caleb Farley? Is it Patrick Sertan? J.C. Horn sort of slowly entered the conversation now to the point where. Has Horn surpassed Patrick Sertan? Sertan, Horn, maybe Greg Newsom, then Farley with his back injury is sort of the the unknown factor, the X factor in all of this. That's your rock-solid height-weight speed. They have it all, first-round corners. How do you rank those top guys? If Farley was clean, and again, I say this all the time, talking about injuries in my line of work is really, really difficult because I didn't go to med school and I don't have all the information. If he were clean and there was no red flag there, I had certained barely over Farley, and I gave him the benefit of the doubt just because Farley didn't play this past year, mm-hmm. and certain had just blown up his pro day and was coming off a great season. I thought Horn was clearly three, especially as a man coverage corner, and I'm going to put more stock in man coverage ability for today's NFL, and that Newsom was an easy first rounder, but fourth. Now... Knowing what we know about Farley, which, again, probably is um, an incomplete group of, of of information, I think I go certain Horn, Newsom, Farley. And the latest things I've heard about Farley were positive, but then I also heard some doctor type saying, this is kind of like a Romo or Tiger Woods back injury that will probably always be there. You know yes. what I mean? Yeah. And you know, Tiger doesn't tackle people, you know I mean? And he's, you know, it just backs are bad. It's tough when it comes to backs. And even so like yesterday, we talked about Justin Fields and the epilepsy thing that has yeah. not affected him at all. As far as football, you would never, never know the game. Right. But Farley's missing games because of it. Right. And now he'll have missed a ton of time going back to 
um, not not playing at all and opting out of 2020. And it's like, where did he hurt his back if he didn't play in 2020, right? So that's a huge red flag. And I wouldn't be shocked at all if he falls quite a bit to the point where a team just has to take him. Maybe even in the second round where a team says, look, he's too talented. If we throw away a second round pick, that's okay because we might get a shutdown corner. But a team in the first round, the middle of the first round, it's really hard for me to think that he would go over any of these top three guys. Yeah, I think he goes fourth. And if he goes fifth or sixth, I think the league is f- flat out scared of him. You yeah. know what I mean? Um, I, I do go back to um, Simmons with the Titans. He went in the middle of the first round. Similar. He was immensely talented. But it wasn't a back. It, it was something that they knew would get better. It was just, you know, when's he going to play? Um, not to dispute you, but I could see some playoff teams taking a chance on him just because they have the job security to do it. You right. know, the Packers. Yeah. You know, somebody like that just says – we got a top 10 grade on this guy. I'm not getting fired for this pick. We, we just keep winning games. <laughs> I'm going to roll the dice and then maybe take another one in the fourth round. Absolutely. And it only takes one team to have a good medical report on him and be okay True. with it. And then as long as you're in the back half of the first round, then it's a slam dunk pick for you if the medical, if your your doctors are okay with it because he's that talented, you know, 6'2", 200 pounds, and he was going to fly. He, he, oh, yeah. <laughs> I love the story about him saying that he... A reporter asked him how fast he was, and he's like, well, I, I'm going to run at 4-2, but I don't tell people that because nobody ever believes me, but I'm going to. And you watch him play. He <laughs> right, breaks right. on the ball. It's it's stupid how fast he is. He is he was a ridiculous athlete, but the injuries are huge. He has long arms, too. Like That's exactly Very. how you want your cornerbacks to look. And he's got some ball skills as a former wide receiver. So, um, yeah, that's the big X factor is Caleb Farley. It's Patrick Sertan, 6'2", a legit 6'2", 208, big dude, and then threw down a 4-4-1, which solidified, I think, that – top 10 potential draft pick for him because that was the question it was like okay how twitched up is he and he kind of answered those questions at his pro day and even if you're not really buying the pro day numbers mid four fours that's rock solid for Patrick Sertain like that's just an easy safe evaluation right it's easy and safe as there is in this draft I mean I think he's probably first defensive player off the board I mean he is the definition of a leadoff double with the chance of being you know a much bigger hit than that I mean, he's 6'2", obviously coached since he could crawl to be a corner. Um, the knock on him, I mean, it, it was picking nits. But before his pro day, kind of as you mentioned, was how fast is this guy? I'm going to tell a super quick story. When when I helped recruit Darrell Revis to Pitt, there, I'll just flat out say, our head coach wasn't sure how fast Darrell was. And I had to keep putting tape in front of him because he never looked challenged. He was so smart. As playing corner, he never had to totally fly. When the ball was in his hands as a as a runner or a punt returner, no one ever caught him. He was always as fast as he needed to be because he was so intelligent and understood angles and things like that. Sometimes these guys just don't look like they're shot out of a cannon. And Jerry Rice had a little bit of that. You know, like, no one ever caught me. And then when they did put a, a tape on, on Darrell Rivas, he had a crazy 40 time, right? Um, I don't remember. I wasn't there when he came out, but I mean, he was a early to mid first round pick. I think that was I, one I, of the. He didn't. Ones. He ran under four five. I think he ran like four three eight or something crazy. It's possible. I remember yeah. Revis was one of those. Like, oh, so he's fast, fast. That okay. So he's definitely going to so go smooth, high first round. He didn't yeah. look explosive, you know. I want to kind of see if I can find that anyway. Um, yeah, yeah, four three eight. Speaking of combines, I mean, J.C. Horn. If you look at ranking the pro days per position, Horn's pro day might have been better than anyone in this whole draft class. 
Absolutely. Right on par with yeah. Daryl Reeves. Daryl Reeves, 4.38 coming out. Wow. And I didn't know it was that good. Yeah. J.C. Horn ran 4.39, 4.38, 4.4 flat, depending on what stopwatch you're looking at. 33-inch arm length, uh, 41.5-inch vertical, 11-wood broad jump. It's astronomical. Like that, That's is. exactly what you need in a, in a shutdown corner. Super competitive guy, and I love the temperament. Yep. Kind of like his dad, right? Not afraid to talk a little bit, but grabby. The, the one thing that worries oh, yeah. me, little grabby. He's going to get flagged a ton if he plays the same brand of ball and just try to blanket guys and be all over them through the entire route like he was in college. Is, is something they didn't call in college that they absolutely will call in the pros. But now we know it's not because of athleticism. He's just trying to, to blanket guys and be all over them, and he's going to have to just fix that up a little bit. And I think he can. So I, I'm all in now on J.C. Horn. I love it. Me too. I mean, I think there's a bit of a trend here, which I find remarkable. We were talking about off the air that all these guys are related to somebody. They're some great player's (laughs) son or brother or cousin, whatever. It's amazing, this draft class. But one thing about Horn that I don't want to say separates him from the other guys, but you saw him play man coverage against number one receivers and follow them. You know, like you got him. Like he had Kyle Pitts. You know, like they didn't ask that as much of Sertain. And even Farley, who didn't play his past year, or Newsom. A lot of those guys just kind of played sides. All right, that's the class of this classic corner. Let's get into the later corners, talk safeties as well, coming up. This episode is brought to you by 1010, a capsule collection of diamond rings that are responsibly sourced, limited edition designs at fair price points. 1010 is an exclusive collection of 10 creative styles of diamond rings designed by 10 of the most distinctive designers working today. Rings sure to bring joy into her life. Using only diamonds responsibly sourced from Botswana, 10 female design masters have each produced a uniquely beautiful ring, ideal for engagement, Mother's Day, or simply a beautiful conversation piece. They're the perfect way to bring light into her life. They're available now through Mother's Day only on BlueNile.com. Just search the words 10 by 10. This collection features high quality, fine jewelry that will surprise and delight and fairly priced. So you can give her something special and truly meaningful this Mother's Day. They won't be around for long, so find them now by searching the words 10 by 10 only at BlueNile.com. So pretty good cornerback class here, Matt. There's a ton of day two guys as well. We talked about the legit first round types. Asante Samuel could sneak in there. Elijah Molden, you're looking for a a nickel type corner. I love him. Eric Stokes, 4-2 speed. His teammate out of Georgia, Tyson Campbell, who was Sertan's High school teammate could absolutely fly, 6'1", 190. You have size with Efetu Melifanwu, Obi's brother, 6'2 and a half, 205, ran sub 4'5", 40s. Uh, Aaron Robinson, smaller, Paulson Adebo out of uh, Stanford. Robert Rochelle's a name that I just started watching from Central Arkansas, small school guy who's absolutely legit, ran a 4'3'9". I mean, there's a ton of day two corners in this class. There really are. And you mentioned there's a lot of all shapes and sizes Unlike the the receiver class, this day two group generally has pretty good size. A lot of these guys are 5'11 plus, which is obviously great for the corner position. Uh, Elijah Molden kind of stands out as the exception to that role. But boy, he has that honey badger, Buddha Baker. Is he a safety? Is he a slot? What is he type of feel to him? I I don't really care that he ran a 4'6 flat, to be honest with you. He doesn't look slow on tape. He changes directions really well really understands angles and how to utilize what he has. Elijah Molden's the opposite one where everyone's going to have a higher grade on him than what he actually goes, I think. Just because when you're five nine and a half, run 4'6", you're a corner. 
Mm-hmm. You're not going to go in the top 50 picks, even though he's maybe a top 50 player in this class. And uh, yeah, for all the reasons you just said, so someone's going to get a steal and it might even be all the way down in the third round or one of those playoff teams late second rounds like, OK, cool. You let this awesome slot corner fall to us. We're going to snag him and keep on rolling. So Elijah yeah. Molden's a fun player. He's just not going to go high because he doesn't have the attributes of a player. 29 and a half inch arm length, too. It's just like, <laughs> unfortunately, he just doesn't check any of those athletic boxes and height, weight, speed that you want to see, but he's such a darn good player. Asante Samuel also size-wise is a tough evaluation, but uh, he's athletic, can fly 4'3", 840, but he's only 5'10", 180 pounds. Some teams might not you know, he might not even just pass the thresholds for some teams as an outside corner, maybe a slot only for some teams could play outside, I think, or inside hard to know where he could go. I could see late round one. I could see him slipping late round two, even. I think Samuel's a very good football player. I just don't know that he's for me. You know, he's smaller. He plays more like an outside corner, heavy zone guy, you know, like feels like he's a Tampa two dude, you know I mean? And that's a sort of a dying breed nowadays. Does he have the toughness and physicality to bump in the slot and play man coverage against Michael Thomas? Maybe. Um, I, I don't know that I can make him the fifth corner off the board, though. If I was putting money down on who the on, on top five corners in this class, I would put mm-hmm. money that Kelvin Joseph from Kentucky is one of those. Just because of his profile, I think he's late on the radar for a lot of people because he was a redshirt sophomore that maybe you don't expect to declare for the draft. Uh, 5'11 and a half, just under 6 feet, 197, 4'3", 440. I think he's got the mirror skills of a, of a man cover guy that you usually see in a first-round player. There's some off-field stuff, definitely some uh, research for teams going to have to be done on Kelvin Joseph. But the vibe I get and just kind of hearing whispers about how teams feel about Kelvin Joseph, I think he's a first-round evaluation if you're okay with the off-field stuff. Well said. I was going to say, do you know the off-field stuff? Because... Don't quote me, but I think he didn't play the last two games of the year from Kentucky, and they didn't really mind. They were like, okay, you can go. you know. And and that he – I'm not saying he's a bad guy at all, but I guess he has an extensive rap career. Like, (laughs) he's not just flirting with it. Like, he's put out a lot of albums or whatever they call them nowadays. Like like six releases so far. Yeah, right, right. Like, he's a rapper. You know, it's not like he just flirts with it in his basement. And supposedly he likes that better in football. You know, like – I don't mean to sound like the old curmudgeon yeah. fat scout with the cigar going, oh, he gets to eat, you know, eat, breathe, and sleep football. But if it doesn't work out for him, he may have a better career somewhere. Do you know what his rap name is? <laughs> no. It is uh, YKDV Boss Man Fat. Wow. He should have been like no TVs for <laughs> KJ Osa or something, you know? <laughs> That's how rap uh, I like fluid that. I am. That's that's a fantastic. You just came up with that. I, that that's playable, <laughs> man. I can see that on somebody's uh, mixtape. Uh, by the way, one four four ten yard split. I don't have all oh, the ten not. yard splits in front of me. Uh, that's the fastest I've seen in this class. Me too. Me too. I mean, he is a elite athlete. There's no question about that. And again, what's the difference between taking a risk on him with his issues versus Farley? You know, if Farley's going to go in the first, why shouldn't he be the fifth one taken over Molden or Samuel? Because when they walk in the room or they test, I mean, they're not even close. And if he's going to be there for you, practicing hard, playing well, there for you on game day, who cares if he's in his basement in the offseason? Better right. than him being, you know, some other places that guys get in trouble in the offseason. You have off time, go record an album. Who cares? 
it's better than hitting the crack pipe or, you know, <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah. there's worse there's a, off the field activities you could do. Absolutely. You know? So that alone, but you know, where's his heart is the question you have to get to, which sure. is really tough for any of these prospects to figure out. No, you're hundred percent right. And uh, a guy later down the list, I just want to mention in that vein though, is Marco Wilson from Florida. I mean, if anyone out tested Joseph, it might've been Wilson, who of course is related to someone. His brother was, is in the league. Quincy. But, yeah, he's a little up and down on tape. But, man, I mean, the traits are unbelievable. And uh, there was we were talking off the air about the high school team, right? So the Fort Lauderdale Her- American Heritage High School, Patrick Sertan, Marco Wilson, and Tyson Campbell, who's going to be a second-round pick in this class. All corners, all in the same high school football team, coached by Patrick Sertan Sr. and former NFL corner Mike Rumpf. So um, I-, I imagine they didn't lose a lot of football games. I bet the pass defense was pretty good. I mean, I think a game plan for that team going, maybe we should run the ball this week. Uh, That's insane. Okay, is there any other... Have you watched Robert Rochelle out of Central Arkansas? I think he's a a lot of upside. He maybe is a slot, but I think he's probably an outside guy. Maybe it takes a year. I think he's a project absolutely worth taking. Um, Two other names I just want to throw out there is Trey Brown from Oklahoma. Pure slot. But feisty, nasty, I think he'll make it. I'm not saying he's going to the Hall of Fame or anything. And then a name we're looking at Dane's list that he has pretty low that lately I've been getting a lot of second-round buzz feedback on is Benjamin St. Juice from mm-hmm. Minnesota. Really I mean, good senior. over 6'3". Yeah, 6'3", 202. rare. 4'5", flattish, 40-yard dash. Um, Kind of reminds me of a Richard Sherman-ish profile, someone who goes to the yeah. fourth, fifth round, can play some cover three for those teams. Really smart player. Had a really good senior bowl, so that's what solidified it for me with him. And uh, it, Just because of the athleticism, some of these other guys we're talking about run four threes, might go ahead of them. But fourth round, I think you're getting a solid player who could start in the league. Yeah, and I know speed's very important, but if you're a tenth slower than the guy that's 5'10", but your stride length and arms are that much longer and the ball's in the air, you have just as good a chance of tipping it away as the next guy. You know what I mean? Like that length and size is a great asset. A difficult one for me is Sean Wade. He was supposed to be the next great Ohio oh. State cornerback, and people are talking about a first-rounder. Then it's like, ah, maybe second-rounder. Okay, well, maybe he's a safety. I don't know. Matt. He's like fifth-rounder, I think, in the beast. He's a fifth-round pick for Dame Brugler, and Dame Brugler's yeah. really plugged in. But uh, I think he worked out well, though, and six feet and a half, 196. He looks the part, and there are part times on tape where he looks like he could be that guy, but times when he absolutely doesn't got beat a lot at Ohio State. So I don't even know how to feel about him or how NFL teams are going to feel about Sean Wade. Really good, a really bad year. But before the season, I read up on him, and everyone said the same thing, that Wade's in the slot, but he's going to move outside and be the number one in this heavy press man coverage defense, and he's ready to shine. They just had um, two first-round corners at Ohio, Ohio State last year, so he was forced to the slot. And then he went outside and stunk. Right. So I guess if you ask him just to do the 2019 version, be in the slot, maybe play some big nickel, you know, I mean, then and use a fourth-round pick, fifth-round pick on him, not a first, then, you, you know, I think you figured out what he was. Are there any other names here before we move on? Uh, one guy that just stands out is Israel Mukuamu from South Carolina, who's 6'4", 212 pounds, 
34-inch arms, just so big and long. I think a lot of teams probably won't look at him as a corner. You just It's hard because if you're 6'4", it's like, ah, can't be a corner for me. If you're 5'10", up, sorry, can't be a corner for me. You know, you yeah. just got to be this perfect height, weight, speed for some teams. I don't know how to feel about Israel. Maybe he's a safety, but he, he still plays more like a corner to me. But just such an interesting size guy. It's always, it's always fun to see where players like that end up. Yeah, some of those outliers are, are certainly very interesting. I mean, I urge everyone to go get Dane's guide if you haven't. We've referenced it many times. But there's 20, 25 names here of corners that are pretty darn impressive. And with all respect to Sertain, there's not a Patrick Ramsey. I mean, the first-round group isn't quite as strong as it has been. But the depth is overall pretty impressive. Starting corners on day two. uh, And I'm loving this class for that, Uh, especially, you know, if you're a 49ers fan, we were looking at corners at 12. We were going to be arguing right now about Patrick Sertan versus JC Horn, probably. And now it's become, okay, well now let's look at the second round guys. Like, okay, good. There's a lot of them and a lot of different shapes. You need a slot guy, you need an outside guy. You can maybe find a future starter there. Yeah. I I think you'll be happy with what you get on day two. And I do think a couple of these guys might take a year and, I do think it's also noteworthy. Last year's rookie corners got torched, and I think they better get used to that. I mean, the, the receivers come in the mm-hmm. league better than the corners. The The rules are tough on the corners. Rookie corners obviously get picked on since this, the, the dawn of time, but last year's rookie corner class had a tough road. All right, that's perfect timing. Let's get going with the safety class here and look at the guys in the middle of the field next. The winner of Built Bar Madness, the best flavor as voted on by Built Bar Eaters, Coconut Brownie Chunk, is now back in stock at BuiltBar.com. Go pick yourself up a box. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off or build your own box of any flavors you want of Built Bars at BuiltBar.com. 130 calories, 17 grams of protein, only 4 grams of sugar. It is fantastic. Other new flavors like caramel brownie, cherry barcia, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, apple almond crisp to go with their 12 original flavors. My favorite is peanut butter that I always talk about. Bars are covered in, this is the best part, 100% chocolate. Get some yourself at 15% off with promo code LOCKED15. That's locked 15 for 15% off your next box of built bars at builtbar.com. Okay, Matt, let's talk safeties here and finish up our positional previews for the 2021 NFL draft to see if you have any favorites in this class. Definitely not as strong and deep of a class as we saw with the corners there. And I wonder if it's a function of just how the season went. I feel like the safeties are a position where you need to play a lot of games, see a lot of a player, you know, a shortened season. You don't really see the the instincts. I know you hate the word instincts, but just the headiness of some of these no, guys. And, and it's hard to put a full picture together with the safeties. I don't know if this the pandemic season was part of it, but just this safety class is, is rough and it's hard to, to really plant the flag in the ground on a guy and be like, okay, I love this player. He's going to be amazing. Yeah, it's a good point. I mean, it's a difficult Uh, position to evaluate they're all asked to do different things there's a lot of snaps where they're not involved in the play Um, obviously this isn't the case for NFL folks but if you don't have access to all 22 it gets really hard sometimes Mm -hmm. they're not even on the screen and I really I mean with all respect to Trevon Mooring who I think is a really good prospect and probably a first round pick any year he comes out there's no Sean Taylor you know there's no slam dunk you know Jamal Adams, Minka Fitzpatrick, Derwin James that are, you know, high end 
you know, easy evaluations. Yeah, Trayvon uh, Merig, Morig. Merig. I've heard yeah. his name pronounced in numerous ways. Six feet, a little over six feet, 202 pounds, four or five flat. Had, had played some deep safety, really played in the slot a lot, and I think we're seeing more of that in college football where you just need to get your best players closer to the ball, get them involved in more plays. doesn't help as much if they're just you know over the top all day long, and if they're great, they're not being tested, not getting their hands on the balls and things like that. So um, that's how... Real quick, that's a catch-22 for scouts mm-hmm. because I mentioned how man coverage is king with corners. If you can find a deep post, middle center field safety Earl Thomas, Ed Reed, those type of guys, they're gold because then, you know, you can dedicate more guys to blitzing and doing other things. Teams want to play single high, but like you said, if I have a great safety, you know, Ring's a perfect example, TCU's head coach isn't going to just sit him 20 yards off the ball in deep middle and he never gets involved all day. <laughs> right, where in the NFL, you are going to get tested there and you need to have yeah. somebody who's really good in that spot. So, uh, he could do a lot for your defense. I think teams are going to like him a lot. Is that enough to get into the end of the first round? I'm not sure, but I think there's a good chance he's the first safety off the board. And if it's not him, it's probably Richie Grant out of Central Florida, who was awesome at the Senior Bowl and really solidified his draft stock as maybe a top 50 guy. But neither one of them blow you away necessarily athletically. They're both right around 6 feet 200, right around 4 5 speed. Really good players, but I don't think teams are going to be pounding the table for them in the first round in their draft room versus some of the other positions, uh, you know, edge rushers and offensive linemen, we might see start flying off the board at the end of the round one. Yeah. They're not throwing James, you know, like we need an impact defender. Mo Reagan grants tapes a lot better than Quiddy pays or Jason Oways. but look what they could do. You know, like mm-hmm. they're freaky for the NFL and, and this group really isn't, I think grants a great prospect, but he's kind of a, to me at least, a jack of all trades, master of none, like every category I'd give him a B or a B plus, you know, really solid player. And you just look at what safeties are being paid around the league and how many good safeties there are in the league and how few teams have a huge need at safety. It's almost never a top need for any team in the NFL. And if you do have that need, it's a lot easier to fill. And so for that reason, I wouldn't be shocked if there's zero safeties that that go in round one, maximum probably one. I don't know what the Vegas odds are, but if it's anything over – Point five. I'm taking the the under. Yeah, and the more I think about it, how many go in the top fifty? Three, maybe yeah. three. Yeah, I think the third guy there would be Javon Holland out of Oregon, right? Yeah, and yeah. again, six feet, two hundred pounds. A little more athleticism there for Holland. So uh, I I could see some teams saying, okay, well, there's a little bit of juice there. Let's draft him. Yeah, but still, yeah, top fifty, maybe not top one hundred. Yeah, yeah, I do like Holland, and I could make a case for him being number one. Ball production, uh, you see him line up in the slot, size, physicality. I think he's a very good prospect and is a top 50 player, but he opted out too. You know, you haven't seen much of him lately. And, then, and as you mentioned, the start the segment, I don't think that's doing the safeties any favors at all. And I think the perfect example why you wait on safety, maybe my favorite safety in this class is Jamar Johnson out of Indiana. Mm, and he doesn't one. wow you athletically, six feet, 205 pounds. I think he ran a 4'5", four, 4'5", five, four, five, is what Brugler has as his official 40 time. And Brugler's times are what was turned into the league as the official pro day numbers. And some of the numbers you see floating around the internet are different. So uh, I, I'm referencing Danes a lot because this is what the teams officially have, unless they had their own scouts with their own watch on the times. But he picked off Justin Fields twice in that. Uh, and this, I didn't know who he was. I was like, who's 22? 
because he yes, was really good in that Ohio State game. And Indiana, if you don't know, had an awesome defense, like way underrated defense. They were really good. And so then I started going back and watch. Okay, let's find out who 22 is. Jamar Johnson. Oh, he's in this draft class. Oh, actually, okay, he might be a day two pick. I went and started watching him. He is really good, really smart player. He's got great ball production. Uh, I think he could be a steal of a player just because he's not a height, weight, speed specimen. He's not going to go high. I think you're going to get him in that mid-round range. If you get him in the third or fourth round, I think he could be a starting safety in the NFL. So one of my favorites. Yeah, it's a good one. I mean, he could be a cover two guy over the top with a split safety. He can come down and play the slot. He can play man coverage against some of these athletic running backs and tight ends. Just a good quality football player. You're right. And if you're Playmaker. looking for a player that's going to be a steal at safety, it's, it's a position that's played from the neck up, right? Do you have the toughness? Yeah. Do you have the smarts? Are you always in the right place? And so it's that player that's ah, maybe a step small, you know, you know, an inch small, a, a couple pounds too small, a step slow, but they're where you need them every single time, and they're going to make a name for themselves in the NFL. That's why I like him. And uh, another player that stood out to me who's very different, size, speed-wise, Divine Diablo out of Virginia Tech. He might be called a linebacker at the next level. Mm -hmm. I mean, he's these guys used to be tweeners, and that was a big negative. And then Deion Buchanan and Mark Barron and those type of guys came out and did pretty well. And now it's become commonplace where in, in sub, which is most of the time, they're they're on the second level. Um, I think he's the perfect example of that. But I mean, he he runs and covers a lot of ground too. Like I'm not implying I want him to take on pulling guards in the hole or you right. know, fullbacks <laughs> and things like that. But he's going to play near the line of scrimmage. Do you have any other favorites in this class? Maybe uh, day two, day three range. Two guys I have to mention is uh, Mo Riggs' uh, counterpart here, the uh, Darius Washington. He makes a million plays, and like if you just look at like Pro Football Focus grades. He's super highly ranked just for production on the field. He's tiny, though. He's just over 5'8 and 176 pounds. Like, Oof. I brought him up on my Steelers show. Could he be Mike Hilton? I mean, maybe, but I don't want him over the top at that size despite the tape. I mean, he's going to be an interesting one where he falls. Right. And then my last guy is Andre Sisco from Syracuse, also very athletic. He is one of those single high guys, but inconsistent. I mean, his – Low lights are low. His highlights are very high, but he's one of the few true, true free safeties, in my opinion. I'd like to highlight Trill Williams out of Syracuse because I thought he was going to be a corner. Six feet, 208 pounds. Maybe he's not the fastest guy. Then he ran a four five seven. If you're adjusting that for maybe some quick trigger fingers at pro days, and we've seen some nutty pro day numbers. I don't know if you could trust him. Maybe he's a four six guy in reality, right? So I guess he is a safety. And then I like the fit a lot less. I thought he might have been one of those cover three type long outside corners. He could still maybe do that, but most likely now, just because of athleticism, Trill Williams, a safety, which hurts his stock. Mm, good one. Interesting. Two Syracuse guys, two TCU guys, two Pitt dudes, two – there's another one. There's a couple of these these schools that are just, you know, pumping out several safeties in the same class. It's kind of odd. That is kind of odd. Cincinnati is another one that's – you know, two guys are going to get drafted. Are you – if you're a team looking for a safety, we talked about some of those maybe undersized, underspeed guys that have amazing tape. Are you waiting – because you know you can get our Darius Washington and maybe plug him into your slot position and you can get him in the round four range instead of going late round one with Richie Grant or Trevon Morig? Maybe. I mean, I don't love the depth of this class. I mean, I like the corner depth a lot more of 
finding a starter on day two or even deep into the third round or even early fourth with with a year maybe of, of seasoning. Um, there's some guys here, but obviously the need across the league is less for safeties than it is corners. But I could see when if we if we reconvene five years from now and say and pull this list back up, we might say, "Yeah, there was only really five starters in this class," you know. Yeah, or fewer, <laughs> or fewer. Yeah, yeah. All right, good stuff. Jamar Johnson, he's my guy, especially if he's there in that fourth round range. Essentially, what you're saying, and I kind of the way I feel about it, even stronger now after we've talked about this class, they got to fall around too far, too around too far, essentially. And you're like. Uh, are Darius Washington still here? I mean, we got to take him. He's too good yeah, to play. We'll take him, right. One of those kind of things. He'll be a gunner at the meantime and yeah. see if he can play the slot, you know? Absolutely. All right, good stuff. That is the defensive back class for the 2021 NFL Draft. We didn't name everybody, but we named our standouts, our favorite players for all of these position groups, and we're inside of a week. I can't wait, Matt. Next time we talk, it will be draft week. How awesome is that? Yeah, I am psyched. Trust me. I mean, I'm ready for it to happen. Um, and again, everyone needs to talk. Ch- check out that ultimate mock. There was a late safety that we didn't mention that you can find there that is of note you know, from that mock. Oh, yes, there is another safety uh-huh. that uh, we did not mention today that, that we can talk about there on that last day of the ultimate mock draft. Not a first rounder, but an interesting name nonetheless. All right, good stuff. We'll be back Monday. All the latest getting you ready for the 2021 NFL draft right here. Peacock and Williamson.